Hi everyone, this is Tate. And this is Ren. And this is Tales at 3 a.m. and podcast slash video cast where we discuss uh, things that are paranormal and strange and bizarre and weird. And we're still in the month of October, so that means the spooky and the Halloween type stuff. So yeah, that's what we're discussing now. But however, tonight's episode is going to be a little bit different. I think, what do you think, Ren? I think so. A little bit different. I think it's going to be fun. Things will be fun. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of the author by the name of Catherine Tucker Wyndham? And have you ever heard of uh, 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey? Yes, I have. I love Jeffrey. Um, I actually have my grandmother's old book, which is autographed by the author and Jeffrey. Did you ever get to see Jeffrey? I did not, because she got it autographed, I think, before I was even born. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, I know at least we're being honest. I uh, Yeah, the book's older than me. <laughs> the copy. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I was going to say, uh, the last time I saw those books, like I, you and I had spoke about it uh, before, I want to say I was the age of 13, if not younger, uh my grandparents, they had the uh, Visitor's Information Center in Selma before it got torn down and replaced with a car wash. And uh, in that Visitor's Center, yeah, right? It kind of sucks. That thing had been around for years. And when I say years, I'm talking about going back to at least the 1960s, if not earlier. They had people come through there from all over the world. And uh, they had memorabilia there that was from older stuff that was like irreplaceable. I don't know what happened to it. But uh, they had a whole section against the wall that was filled with stuff from Catherine Tucker Wyndham. And not just her ghost story. It was, it was also like Southern back porch, you know, stories from grandma and all that kind of stuff. All those different kind of books that she had written outside of 13 Alabama ghosts that 
she was an author of, they had that sitting back there. They had the cassette tapes. They had um, T-shirts from what I remember, pins and keychains and stuff like that. I don't know what happened to any of that after the place got torn down. But um, going back to what I was saying, yeah, uh, when I was 13 or younger, I can remember going in the visitor center and just taking a book off the shelf and just reading through it. Now, I don't remember, honestly, that much about the stories for any other states. But I do remember some of the stuff having to do from Alabama. And I've been to a few of the locations, such as Sturdivant Hall. Now, when I went there, it was my dad, myself, and my brother. And... It was during the daytime, we went by there, an elderly lady, she was there, and she was kind of giving us a tour. Now, I don't know what has changed there since then, if it's the same people running it or not. I don't know, because I was, I was a, a kid when I went there. That's been, gosh, 20-something years ago. Yeah, so, I don't think I've been to Selma in, like, 20 years, <laughs> like... I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice place, on, like I said, I, I don't know what it's like now. Um, but, but when you go there, at least when I went, when we went there, when you go there inside the foyer area, like when you walk inside the house, there's a foyer before you ever start going into the house at all. And an older lady, she was there and she was, you know, kind of giving us a little bit of synopsis of the history. And now, unless they've changed this, there is a picture that was taken by somebody that was there. And supposedly it's a picture of a ghost. And it's a picture that was taken outside of the place, like on the porch of a mm -hmm. figure standing there that was transparent. Now, she gave us the you know the story back behind that. That was so long ago that I don't really remember that much about it. But we went through all the different rooms, um, the supposed haunted rooms of the the kids. We went up into the bedrooms and things of that nature. We went all the way up to the pinnacle at the top. And uh, it, it, it's a nice place on the inside. I can just remember finding it enjoyable to go to Sturdivant Hall because of having read uh, the story from Catherine Wyndham. Now, I don't remember that much about it now because it's been so long since I looked at the books, but I just remember thinking how much it was to me enjoyable to be able to go to a place that she had talked about that was supposedly from a haunted story. Um, I've also been to Okahaba and was able to go to the cemeteries there and, you know, take a look around at some of the, the older and the newer uh, cemeteries that they had there and look at uh, some of the buildings and whatnot. So, I th if I'm not mistaken, I think that Okahaba is at least an hour to maybe an hour and a half away from Selma. Um, I would have to look at the GPS now to see how to even get to it. But I remember just going there one day with my dad, and we were like, hey, let's just go to Okahaba. He's like, yeah, sure. So, we went there. And, uh, like I said, I was a kid. So I, I just remember mm -hmm. going there and being able to kind of like look around that kind of a thing. And, um, you know, like I said, see some of the buildings. And I don't know what has changed since then. If they've moved anything around, if they've torn anything down, I don't know. 
but it, it was really no cool idea. to be I've able to go to uh man road trip i'm telling you road trip like but uh, i remember as a kid wanting to go on a road trip to see all the places that she highlighted in the book so definitely down for a road trip i kind of wish now i had yeah i kind of wish now i had i mean it's like you're going through life and you say yeah i want to do this i want to do that and and, you know stuff happens and they ended up you know you're not being able to do it um just like the uh the castle in selma Though, uh, you know, you, you drive up, going toward downtown Selma, you're not all the way at the end of where Edmund Pettus Bridge is. You're more toward this back this direction where it's uh, like yeah. halfway through town, but it's near, uh, unless they've changed the restaurant near their church's chicken. But you're going up the road, up a hill, and it's right there on the corner. And I can remember the stories because I actually before like, you know, trying to make sure that you, you know, not necessarily doing anything illegal, but I can remember parking there by myself and then hopping up on the grass and going around the building and taking pictures of it. I still have the pictures. Yeah, I remember with my cousins and I or whatever, kind of visiting and trying to do the ghost tours of Selma me and one cousin in particular i was like 12 he was 13 i think they were doing like reconstruction or whatever on this and us trying to see if we could break in and because we wanted to try and see a ghost and to see all this stuff and of course it was daytime but then like a car backfired right. and we thought it was like a gun going off and so we like ducked and freaked out and then ran back and found like my other cousins and my aunt because <laughs> it's, it's selma you, selma uh... can be a scary place <laughs> It can be no it's joke. Uh, I gorgeous. Remember, like the last time, the I architecture was... is gorgeous. Fantastic history, but just like anywhere, really, it can be a scary place. Like even out in just the bum country and whatever. Like even where I live, some parts of it can be like scary too. So it's constantly looking behind you because you hear a twig snap. Yep. Um, the last time I went there, I want to say I was between the ages of 13 and 19. So it's been a while. And when I was there, there was nobody there. It was the middle of the day. Uh, it was probably on the weekend, but I left from Sardis because at the time that's where my dad was living. And I drove into Selma, decided to stop by there. At the time, I don't think there was any vehicles that came by there. I was I actually was stopping to watch just to make sure. I didn't go inside the house, but I saw where they were trying to remodel it. Now, I don't know what it looks like now because I haven't seen that place in years. But I can remember the stories of people talking about uh, driving by that building at night and saying, hey, there's no electricity up there, but there's lights on. And being like, oh, okay. And and people being inside the place and like spending the night and hearing the sounds of people walking down the steps when there was nobody upstairs, that kind of thing. Uh, There was a guy I know that... 
Right. There was there was a guy I know that I actually knew a family that lived there at one point, and he said that they had that they had stories about that place um, of the different stuff that they encountered, like you know, hearing noises, hearing footsteps, you know, lights being on that shouldn't be on, that kind of a thing. And uh, well, of course, that was before the you know they wanted to turn it into a bed and breakfast. I don't know how far they've gotten along with that, but I know they wanted to turn it into a bed and breakfast, but who knows what happens? If it's a bed and breakfast, I'll book me a night. (laughs) But I say, if it ever turns into a bed and breakfast, I'll have to make a special trip up there and just be like, yep, I know where I'm staying. I'm going right here just to experience it. Mm hmm. But there is a self-guided haunted tour in Selma. Uh, I know at one point there was a map that you could get from the visitor center, which I don't know where those maps are now, where you could drive through Selma and stop at the locations and actually yeah, that's what we were doing yourself through that area. Yeah, well, my aunt and my cousins like that. That's what we were doing. We were trying to do the self-guided ghost tour. Um, I was mad that we were doing it during the daytime. Because I wanted to do it at nighttime to uh, experience something. Uh, yeah. But of course, I'm I'm Take that you, uh, person. And voice recorder. Yes. Take you. Yeah, a, I, yeah. I was that Take person. You a, when... a camera and a voice recorder. Well, see, I I tried to get my dad more than one time to go with me to these different locations and I was like, Hey, let's do, let's go do this at night. And, uh, he wouldn't have it. I told him, I said, Hey, let's go to a, you know, so-and-so cemetery or whatnot in Selma. He's like, Nope, not at night. He's like, not during the nighttime. We're not. He's like, I'll do it during the day. No problem. He said, but I'm not going there at night. I was like, Oh, come on, <laughs> come on. I was like, the only reason why I even tried to get him to go is cause I knew I was not going to go there by myself at night because as soon as I heard something that I didn't want to hear, I knew they'd scare the crap out of me and I didn't feel like being there by myself. Just, you no, know, just for safety reasons. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I dealt with that. But, uh, my husband, what other kind of, a, what other kind of, um, What other kind of books did she, did Catherine Tucker Wyndham, what other kind of books did she write or, or stories? Well, I know, obviously, The Thirteen Ghosts of Alabama. She had The Thirteen Ghosts of Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia. I don't know if she had any for Florida. Um, I know she did, like, 13 more ghosts and whatnot. Um but I only really read like the basic ones. I remember at my school library, which at the time and still to this day is still one building K through 12. Y'all have fun trying to wrap your heads around that. Um, was, um, it was in our little school library. And I remember checking the books out like, and, I think I was really in fourth grade when I remember actively checking the books out to read them. 
And but for some reason, I always kept going back to Thirteen Ghosts of Alabama because it's Alabama. It was my home state where I lived, of course. Right. And I was like, I'm gonna do this, and I was already obsessed with like the ghost shows and ideas of ghost hunting and everything before they got like super popular where they had like the taps ghost event like all everyone had their own little paranormal investigation show now right yeah. before any of that really became popular but I always remember watching the history of these and the stories behind the hauntings and stuff and all that um and then i think i actually had the 13 alabama ghost book checked out and i was reading it at home or and I had mentioned something to my mom or whatever, and my mom was like, we have that book. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she was like, yeah, we have that book. Like, Nana, my grandmother, she, she's like, Nana has that book. And she went and grabbed it and showed me, and she was like, look, it's even autographed. And it was autographed by her and Jeffrey. Now, I don't know if legit Jeffrey autographed it she like he may have you never know you never know i wasn't there when the guy autographed um he might have already have autographed it before her book signing and her signed it off to my grandmother and everything and maybe since it's hard for a ghost to hold a pen or pencil she might have signed it for him um but it's still something really neat to have yes I mean, when you don't have a physical body, all that energy it takes to try and do some of the mundane things um, can really like zap it out of you. So she, she she probably helped him and he was guiding her on how to do it or some way. I he personally believe. Yes. And, um, but... So now that, like, my mom and grandmother have both passed, like, I have that little piece of, yay, my treasure with me that I have with me to keep sake and all that. And my mom was into paranormal stuff. My grandmother, not so much. So it was it really shocked me that she had this book. So I just, I don't know. Like, she didn't like me really doing stuff with ghost stories or anything paranormal. She always got the heebie-jeebies and stuff from it. And so I think this is one thing that we could actually connect on was with this book. Where it's like... Right. It feels like she was actually trying. Even though she had this way before my time. But it still feels like maybe this is something of her trying to connect with me in a way with us having it. Um, But I remember... I had a couple favorite stories from the book that I like to read. And one of them was like the flaming steamboat of the Tom Big B River. Um, never been there. So what's that story about? Yeah, it's like I've never been there, but I love to be there. There was this famous steamboat. Um, what was the name of it? Uh, Eliza, Elijah, um, trying to think i think eliza was in the name of the steamboat um but 
it it of course ran a route and everything where people would uh of course travel on to get from destination to destination and the um it was estimated that roughly 30 something people uh were killed out of Good like life. 60 something like, was basically like half the passengers um like half the people aboard was killed because it caught on fire and oh wow okay yeah and it's like the um it's like if you're on the banks and stuff of like the tom bigby and everything it's you can the, the folklore and stuff behind it is um that you can like see the boat or something yeah it's like especially like the cold nights and everything you can see like the fully engulfed flames appearing on the river at the same time of sighting the boat of seeing the boat and everything um did they ever this, say uh, what caused the fire I don't remember. I, I know it says so in the story. Um, but. Like, I know in the background of it, it says. Um, within the story and stuff that she wrote, like, I'm not sure if like a lantern got knocked over or or something just caught fire, like on the deck or something and of course stuff they were transporting back then were like cotton wood like things that can easily catch fire when it's cold and windy it's gonna the oxygen's gonna feed it so it just completely engulfed it all and okay i was i was just trying to make sure it wasn't like arson or something no um but yeah it's just Something I something got knocked over, something got caught fire, like on the deck and whatnot. And of course, they were transporting highly flammable stuff that can easily catch fire, like cotton <laughs> or it might have been cotton bales or whatever. However, they transport those. Um, but yeah, it soon just like spread out of control, and some of the passengers that did survive, like they survived by like floating on the um like uh, the stuff they were transporting like they they survived uh by like floating on the cargo in the river <laughs> and oh, so wow. they didn't catch on fire and burn or they didn't drown like they survived by that and i just thought it would always be neat to go out there on the banks particularly because i think it's within the cold months is when it happens like cold windy nights and everything go and stand out on the banks to see if we could see the flames coming down the river and all that and just what a sight that would be to witness always wanted to go and see that i was gonna say can you imagine it you know uh, a person, let's just say, for example, a person who's never been on a steamboat and they're in the middle of the water. And next thing you know, you're looking around and you're seeing 
the boat that you're on, you know, going up in flames and mm-hmm. all of a sudden now you're, you're jumping into the water. You don't know what the temperature <laughs> of the water is. You just know that you're trying to live and you don't know what kind of creatures are in that river, something that can snag you up and have you for lunch. Yeah. And don't know what kind of creatures possibly don't even know how to swim. <laughs> Right. And you're sitting there trying to struggle on, you know, balancing yourself in the water and you're turning around and and watching that boat going up in flames. And it's the middle of the night, may not be a house for a mile and a half. And you're looking around and you're saying, you know, people screaming and yelling and, oh, my gosh, it's on fire. Where's my kid? And. You are. I don't think there were any kids. Basically, trying to heal. You know. Yeah, I think it was all adult passengers. Um, So I don't. I don't remember the story mentioning kids. Of course, the story might have left that out because of kids reading this book. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Another one always wanted to go. Kid portion could have been left out. Possibly. Um, another place I always wanted to go and visit was uh, the Pickens County Courthouse to see the face in the courthouse window. Face in the courthouse window. I've actually seen that courthouse. Um, I've been by it like maybe one time. I don't remember that I saw a face up there, but then again, I may not have just been looking hard enough. But um, what I remember of that tale was that the man that was up there was being accused of something that he was claiming that he did not do. And he was up at the top. And from what I remember, lightning struck the spot that he was at or something along those lines. And that he was making the claim that, you know, Hey, I'm innocent. And from what, you know, from whatever the case was that, you know, if, if they were going to sit there and, and and do something like that to an innocent man, that that he was going to be haunting the spot or the area or them. Or yeah. Something along those what lines it was is like the first courthouse. Now his face is supposed to be in the window. Yeah. It's, it's like what had happened was like the first courthouse there got um, burned down by the Union Army because, of course, this was happening like during the Civil War. And. Mm-hmm they rebuilt the courthouse and then just a little bit over a decade or so later it was like a burglary gone wrong is what they're claiming it to be and i guess it got burnt down again yeah it was like the second one got burnt down again so the first two got burnt down so they rebuilt it a third time and the guy whose face is said to be up there they that's who they identified as the suspect um, a burning down at the second time, and he, he apparently was like he—he he was an easy scapegoat for someone to blame. Like he had a bad temper, always got in fights. Apparently, always carried like a straight razor to go after and whatnot. Like it was just bad rumors about him. Be like, don't mess with that dude (laughs) he's no good he's trouble and so then this might have been the townsfolk's scapegoat easy way to get rid of him pretty much right yeah and of course during this time this was a black man 
And unfortunately, we got well, this is Alabama. We we don't we know what happens. Right. And they with him tur- burning the second one down or them accusing him of burning the second one down, it was like he burnt down a symbol of pride. And but it was only like circumstantial evidence against him. Basically, it was just the whole town not liking him, and because he was a black man, and they were just a bunch of racist people. Um, and so he was charged on all the accounts and whatever, and he was taken t- to the courthouse where I think the sheriff's office was uh, to await his trial, and. Um, a, a mob kind of started gathering below as he was awaiting his trial and it was like he would yell to the crowd yeah like you said like I'm innocent I'm innocent just declaring his innocence and he basically kind of cursed the town being like if you kill me I'll haunt you I'll haunt you like I I want to swear. I want to cuss because that's just how I am, but I'm trying not to for the listeners. Um, <laughs> but he's just like, I'll haunt you for the rest of your lives. And yeah, and like the, the story of like the um, lightning struck nearby, flashing the image of his face in the window. Um, it, it's almost like a weird camera negative effect or whatever, where the image gets burnt or like in a screen on your phone or a TV or something where something happens to it or if it stays on a certain screen too long, like the image can get burned into the screen. Um, that's essentially what happened to the window is when lightning struck, the image of his face got like burned into the window. And so it's supposedly still there to this day, keeping true to his word, haunting them and, <laughs> And the interesting part about that is, is the image from what's being told is that it has continued to stay despite the fact that they have replaced that window on more than one occasion. I was going to say, I think they've replaced it like quite a handful of times and they finally just gave up. And supposedly now if you go by the courthouse that... You can look up there and you can see the face. Now, I don't know if it's up there all the time or or if it just comes and goes. I really don't. But they actually, at the courthouse itself, they actually have an arrow that points, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. to the window of where the face is supposed to be. Yep. And like if you're looking at the window, if I remember correctly, it's like a four-paned window at the very top of the courthouse and it's like two panes up top, two panes on the bottom. If you're looking at the window, it'd be like the bottom right pane, the one on your right. Whereas if you were to go up there, it'd be the bottom pane on your left, but it'd be the bottom pane on the right um, is where you can see the face. And, but that's when I always wanted to go and see and look and now like I want to take my kids and be like, look there. (laughs) No, we said road trip. We just got to take a road trip and just go around the state. Got to do a, uh, got to do a, a ghost road trip. There's, there's so many different places in Alabama that I could check off a bucket list 
of the places mm-hmm. I, I want to go and visit just to have had an opportunity. Um, now I have been by the Jemison center, um, but I want to, I would like to go inside the, uh, the Pratt village Inn, but at this moment is kind of banded off because they are doing reconstruction on that. So I don't know when anybody will have actually had the ability to go to that, but yeah, I would like to go to the, um, what's it? I think it's either a, an old hospital or it's an old asylum that's in Tusk in the, like the Tuscaloosa area or something like that, that they started uh, it's an asylum reconstruction on that. It's an asylum. I'm pretty sure it's an asylum because I've heard other people talk that. about it that have been there. They, uh, from what I understand, it's going to be turned into a museum, I think. Mm-hmm. Unless they change their mind. But I think it's supposed to be turned into a museum. Yeah, I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's an asylum because I'm pretty sure I've heard people talk about it and that they are turning it into a museum. Um, but I was, I don't know if I'd actually want to go, like I want to go, but then I don't know if I actually want to go to an asylum just because generally the type of history asylums usually have. And I myself am a very sensitive person when it comes to these things. And, um, with like the residual energies and stuff that can get left behind or around and all that. And it, like, so I would love to go to be like, I went, but I don't know if I could actually fully handle it, but I'm still willing to try. So, um, I would like to go to at least one asylum in my life just to be able to say, Hey, I actually went through the place and, you know, and yada, yada, yada. But, if any yeah. place, I, w- I would want to be the one that's in Alabama. Now, I think there might be one that's here in Florida. I just haven't researched enough to know, but I definitely want to go to the one in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now, the only building that I've been to that was sort of like that, like I said, was in the was the Jemison Center. And that was what they built during segregation. It's no longer used. And part of it caught fire. So part of the ceiling kind of collapsed. But I've been, I've been all through that one. I mean, that one, that one people go to so regularly that police don't even stop a person now by going inside of it. I mean, when I left the place, there was a, there was a, like a family member taking one of their relatives inside of it as I was walking out. I've been inside that and I've taken pictures of the place before. Now you're saying Jemison Center, like, all right, where is that actually like in Jemison, Alabama, or? That's just, that's just the name it, of it. Okay. Because I was all saying, it's like, I grew up in Jemison and I don't remember hearing anything about that. Like, uh, what did I miss out on? <laughs> no, that was, um, it was. I think that that particular building was finished in, it may have been finished before the sixties, but it, it was made during the time of segregation that all the people who were African-American that was in the asylum, that's well known 
were all transferred mm-hmm. over to this building. But then um, when segregation ended, you know, legally ended, whatever, yeah. that that building was shut down. And so it's been shut down okay. for a while, since the 60s. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got pictures of it, but supposedly... You know, with, I mean, you could walk into it now and actually see some, still see some of the hospital beds that's in there. Uh, but it's got, it's, it's that's so what, graffiti. That's what it's written. like with most asylums. And, mm. It's, uh, it's highly graffiti ridden. Yeah. I can imagine. Um, Right down from where I used to live, there was an old trade school building. Um, I've been to it a couple of times. It's not as tall. It's sort of an older building. But uh, I got pictures of that place, too. It's interesting. I, I Like the first time I ever went to it, um, it was on Halloween. But I went with a group Gosh. of people. <laughs> what we did we parked two different vehicles on opposite sides of the place and we turned the lights on so we could see all through it okay not that smart and we, and, we, and we just walked through the whole building it was like five or six of us we just walked through the whole place and we also had flashlights with us too so but uh yeah it was said now I don't know how true this is but it was said that um Different people would come there during certain times and do uh, different things inside of that building. If you catch my drift, no, I don't know. There's how, a couple drifts I'm catching. It's either couples going and spending some time together, or it's people practicing. Yeah, the certain second. beliefs. Doing the, the, second, okay. the, the second one. Yeah, it was the second one. Um, yeah. But it was widely known for people going there and that being a place that they were using for stuff like that. So, who knows? I don't know. I wasn't there when it happened. But that's what I know. At least that's what I was told. I know, the, I know. Actually, I actually know the family that owns the property. That's oh, nice. why I was able to actually. I was actually able to go there because because they're like, yeah, we we we, we own the property, so you're more than welcome to go inside. I was like, okay, great, <laughs> thank you. But yeah, um, those those were like my two favorite stories from the thirteen ghosts that I was like, I want to really go and see and experiences and i want to go and again experience like the whole thing um but and i i really want to kind of get the other 13 ghost books again and reread all of them um just the the South is scary. The South is haunted. <laughs> like it's like I remember. Um, I was in high school with a high school program, local program or whatever that helps kids get scholarships and tutoring and everything um, from the local university here. And I remember us taking a trip to Savannah, Georgia, 
and then going on like a ghost walk tour one of the nights we were there and i was so angry because we just walked around outside and it was in the middle of summer so it was hot and muggy and i was angry but like we couldn't go inside any of the buildings <laughs> on the ghost hunt and i'm like well this is bull but then the next day we went and toured some of the places that we toured the night before but we were actually able to go inside during the daytime because that's when it was open right. to the tourists and everything and i was like i wanted to come in here at night because <laughs> everything happens at night for some reason so but savannah is apparently the most haunted city in america so Oh, it's so gorgeous. I love it. I want to go back so bad. I've never been to Savannah. I want to go to Savannah and I want to go to Salem. I would love to go to Salem. Um, I want to go to Salem. I want to go back to Savannah and I want to go to New Orleans. Like... The only other place I would really want to go would be out in California. Um, I believe it's San Jose, where the uh, Winchester Mansion is. Yes. I want to go and visit the Winchester Mansion. Yes, that's a weird place. I want to go so bad. <laughs> I uh, I know that there was a movie called Winchester that was made by, I think it was so outlandishly Hollywood that I don't think it really did that great at the box office. But I would like to go to the it Winchester It didn't, Mansion. but me and my husband enjoyed it. <laughs> we watched it like a year and a half ago or something just because. And we actually enjoyed Yeah, there's parts or whatever where it's like, what is this? But the general concept that they went with this movie, I, I really kind of, I really liked the concept of it and how it worked. And so I personally enjoyed it. My husband seemed to like enjoy it as well. So it's, it's one that I will definitely revisit and rewatch when I'm like, yay, spooky movie marathon, just trying to find something to watch. And I have a couple that I, I revisit that aren't. The, uh, I want to. Uh, I actually want to go to the Conjuring home. Uh, yeah, the house in Connecticut. I don't know if it's in Connecticut or if it's in Maine. Because uh, I'm pretty sure it started with like. I might be getting mixed up, up with like show. a haunting of Connecticut, a haunting in Connecticut. But I you thought I, th I, th I think the homes in Maine might be in Maine. I might be getting them kind of. They might be two different stories, but I'm trying to make them into one. Um. Yeah. I know. I want to see like the Amityville Horror House. I want to see that house too. Where is that one located? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. I just start start making myself a uh, yeah a, a checklist of places I want to go see or visit. 
get keychains from. Yeah, like I survived. I survived the Amityville Horror. I could do that. Get a uh, a postcard that shows me next to the family of the last family that was living there. It says I survived the family. I'm sure that would go well with parties. Yeah, because, like, the folklore of the Amityville Horror, like, movies and stuff and everything is based off of true crimes. Um, right, yeah. Where the dude, like, killed six members of his family. I, I just looked it up. It is in Long Island. So... Long Island, so that's in New York. I think. Ever noticed when it comes to like... Oh, it's like off of New York, because Long Island is like its own thing. Ever noticed that a lot of the famous places, whether it's Amityville Horror or whether it's um, just whatever places like they you know haunted Connecticut stuff. Like, ever noticed that where places like that, I'll, I'll, like real famous ones, is on the eastern seaboard, if not the northeastern. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like Long Island is technically part of New York, but it's still just kind of like its own thing. Like, okay, shows you how much I know about my geography. Yeah, well, like it's not—it's not like its own state, but it's yeah. It's like it's not like its own state. It's still like um, it's its own section, I guess. Yeah, like it's still part of the New York State, but it's literally like its own little thing from New York. Sort of like the Bronx. Yeah, it's like it's technically still there. But you keep it separate from what the state is and everything. Hell's Kitchen. Um, uh, but yeah, it's... Yeah, it seems like most of the haunting stuff's like always here like on the East Coast. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like, like famous places. Out like west, that whatever but- it's... I mean, yeah, there's 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 locations out west where people can go to, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know this is the so-and-so and whatever, but, like, for whatever reason, there just seems to be some kind of gravitational pull toward the eastern side of the United States going up the, going up toward the north. It's like, why is that? You know, it's... Mr. Owl, we may never know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it. But yeah, I just want to go and travel to all these places and see. Like, I want to go to their museum, um, and see like the true life Annabelle doll. That is like, in the glass case, protected to where. <laughs> oh yeah, isn't that in, isn't that in a uh, Zach Begin's museum? 
Oh, uh, no, I don't think she's in the Zach Baggins Museum. It's, um... What? It was the couple that went and helped all these people. Um, You're talking about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yes, Warren, the Warrens, that's it. it they, they had it and everything, and I'm they had and their I, own museum of all their right, stuff. And, then, and I'm pretty sure, I think that Zach Bacon's, I think that he bought that doll, and I think it's currently in his museum now. I'm almost positive he owns that doll now. I wonder if he does. I haven't heard of him getting it, but. Yeah, I, and the only reason why I think that that. It doesn't mean that he hasn't. I, I The only reason why I think I. I think that he owns that doll now is because, if I'm not mistaken, there was a episode of Ghost Adventures where they were discussing about that doll being in that museum, and they opened up the glass case, and there was warnings about not wanting, about not doing that, and somehow they were reaping emotional um, aftermath because of it. But I think he owns the doll. I'm almost positive. I want to do a little bit more research on that. Yeah, I'd have to look that up because I'm not sure. Well, Ren, what do you think? So, like, I know they did the. Yeah, it's like I know they did the episode and stuff, but I don't know if he owns it. Yeah, I'll have to look a little more about that. But yeah, um, I, I love the fact though that people don't realize that. The Annabelle doll is just an old school Raggedy Ann doll. Like it's nothing. Just nothing like, like what's portrayed the in the movies. Yeah. So you just an old Raggedy Ann doll, and you know it's interesting because you look at all the con, you look at all the uh, movies of the Conjuring, what what or Annabelle rather, and you see that doll, like oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, yeah, the like, Annabelle goes into the Conjuring movies and the universe and all that. Like they're all connected. And people who don't know the backstory about any of it, but just go off the movies themselves and just see that, you know, the movie with the doll, not realizing that the doll that's in the movie looks nothing like the actual doll. Yeah. It's like they, they, they know it's based off like a true story. Um, they're like, that doll looks creepy AF. Like, why would they even bother to have that? Because when you see the actual doll, you realize, oh, mm-hmm. it's literally little, like pure yeah. innocence. Put a, little, put a little horror into it because when you actually look at the real ones, like, oh, this is it. Like, yeah, this is the real thing. But in my opinion, that makes it even more scary. Like, it's been known to wink at people. Yeah. Like, 
me and my husband just watched like a new Disney movie today. <laughs> um, call it the school of like good and evil or something like that. I saw and it last night. Really good movie, by the way. It's like completely off topic from this, but there's a quote in there that rings true. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like the quote is like some of the most like the best evil or the most evil disguise itself the best is like the most innocent or beautiful like things like with along those lines it's like it's so evil and the ones that are best evil disguise themselves as good like right and so it's that 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 when that line came across, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> and I was like, he right. <laughs> like he right. And so it's, I almost think the Annabelle movies and stuff would have been better if they actually kept true to what the doll looked like instead of going all Hollywood with it. I think when I first heard the story about Annabelle, I was like, Oh, okay. 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 And then when I saw the actual doll, I said, Wait a minute. It's just a raggedy and an Annie doll? Because, I mean, by looking at that doll thinking, oh, well, this, you know, you know, anybody looking at that doll versus looking at the movie is going to say, well, how the heck are you supposed to think that this thing right here is actually causing any kind of problems when it has like no eyelids or anything like that to be winking at you? It, I mean, if anything, it's just it looks like such an older doll that like, like myself personally, I have problems with dolls. I always have ever since I was a kid. <laughs> if I see a porcelain doll that has got eyelids and stuff like that, it, it, it kind of wigs me out. But if I'm looking at like, a raggedy Anna Annie, I'll be like, oh, okay. Me and porcelain dolls my mom don't had like, a whole drop kick a damn doll. My mom had a whole collection, and I even had a small collection of porcelain dolls. And yeah, I don't like them. They, my my porcelain just, dolls will like turn their heads and stuff, where I know no one messed with them. Like I, I wouldn't even leave my room, and they'd be like facing the door, and then I'd go under whatever and look back, and they're like looking at me. I'm like, nope, <laughs> like, mm -mm. can't do it. Me, me and Get dolls out here. do not mix. They, me and dolls have never mixed. Now the whole world knows. <laughs> <laughs> don't but, get uh, Tate a doll for Christmas. Don't get Tate a doll. He will. Uh, he'll put that bitch in a fire somewhere into a trash can. Don't do it. I'm gonna say, don't burn it. Bury it. bury it and I don't know bury it and salt it take its head it. off and bury it separately mm. well generally in things like that if things were actually to be trapped in something or whatever if you burn it you're releasing it like you're not sending it back to the hellfire you're literally just releasing because it's trapped in this entity Oh, this entity well, is trapped in off. this physical thing. 
like I said, like maybe pop it off and bury it in two different places and put like, salt over it or seal seal it away, basically. And like, oh, I'm gonna butcher the name, but it's like a the book, the big something box. The the Dybbuk box. Oh, uh, yeah, the Dybbuk box. Um, which I know that's generally dwells in like I'm pretty sure mainly Jewish folklore. But yes, and Jewish folklore. Yes, it's but it's it still plays a huge role where it's like something similar of that where you can like put seals and stuff or whatever, whatever protective seals you use, whether it be crosses or in some cases of those who might practice more of a pagan type path and whatever pentacles, pentagrams, misconception with those, they are symbol of protection not what society has kind of made them out to be nowadays. Um, but yeah, just see, see a little way and then like bury that. So deep down, no one can dig it up. <laughs> and, and be like, let me tell you something. You come knocking on my front yeah. porch. I'm going to drop kick you like Charlie Brown. trying <laughs> to do that football. So you're going to fail. <laughs> Probably yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're gonna try and kick. Behind. You're gonna miss, and you're gonna land flat on your back. <laughs> yep. Poor Charlie Brown. I miss Charlie Brown. I do too. Well, it is. Looks like it's about that time. Yeah. Wow. We uh, discussed a bunch of different stuff, which I think was pretty cool. There's always next time, and we can definitely. Next time, I'm probably going to have myself a pizza, too. <laughs> <laughs> My husband delivered me pizza. That was awesome. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm a pizza fan. Mm -mm. But, uh... There's something wrong with you if you don't like pizza. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's like like really un-American if you don't like pizza. Like, you had to have a really huge talking to if you didn't like pizza. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, talked about Catherine Tucker Wyndham and discussed some uh, different haunted locations and different places that we have on our bucket list that we want to go to. So I think that's a pretty good start. Everyone should definitely check out her books. You can easily find them on Amazon and just literally search 13 Ghosts and they all pop up. Along with the movie, ignore the movie. Yes, go to your local library and see if they have them. If not, I guarantee you the librarian would be happy to find them for you. Definitely go to your library under the... Um, I don't know if it would be under like a New Age section or what. But definitely go to your local library. Or on Amazon or like a Barnes & Noble or something like yeah. that. Or Books A Million. Any local bookstore should have them. 
Because they're different. It, they're real easy to come across. It, it's not like it's a hidden gem that no one's going to be able to find. Um, so this one's but, for you, Catherine Tucker Wyndham, an author, an amazing author, uh, great person. She had a great storytelling voice from what I'm told whenever they would go to the um, the Telltale Festival that used to take. I don't know if it still takes place in Selma or not, but when she was still alive, she would go to the Telltelling Festival and she would actually have times that she would sit there and people would come up to her and she would actually uh, do a uh, vocal storytelling of her ghost stories. Oh, nice. Too bad. I never, I never got to see it. I never got to be a part of it, but when she was still alive, she did that at the somewhat telltelling festival. I wish I had gone. I wish I had been a part of that. I would have loved it. Yeah. That would have been a but, great to be a part of. But yes, thank you, Catherine. This is dedicated to you and Jeffrey. This is dedicated to you. Yes, this is dedicated to the ghost Jeffrey and Catherine Tucker Wyndham, both very inspiring people. Catherine, in your books, as Rand was saying, if you have not checked out uh, 13 Alamo Ghost and Jeffrey, Please do so. They are well worth the read. And she also has books for other different states as well. I think in Tennessee and Georgia, possibly Mississippi and some others. So if you she get does time, have Mississippi, definitely check those books I, out. Definitely check those books out. I'm sure she'll be appreciative of it, wherever she may be. Cool. All right. Well, with that being said, this goes out to Jeffrey, goes out to Catherine, and this is your host, Tate, and... Wren! <laughs> and Wren. <laughs> and uh, this is Tales at 3 a.m. We hope that you enjoy, and we'll definitely be back for with more. And uh, let's see if we can continue doing the uh, Halloween series. The next one should be on trick-or-treating and so much more. So uh, looking forward to bringing that to you. Rain, was there something you were wanting to say before? We're eating my pizza. Eating <laughs> <laughs> no, your pizza. I heard that. All right. Well, Tales at 3 a.m. Hope you enjoy and uh, we'll be back. Y'all stay spooky. Y'all have a great night. Yes, stay spooky. And stay spooky. I'm going to see if I can do this and not mess this up. Let's see what happens. (laughs) 